Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Juan Rodriguez. He's a youth and young adult director at the Florida Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's a strong advocate for media and creativity in his church and has served in Florida for over 22 years. So Juan, one of the one of the things that really stood out to me when I moved to the Portland area that really caught my attention was hearing about something um, that they did at the pastoral meetings. They gathered all the pastors from the region, and apparently they had advertised on Craigslist, inviting basically non-church members to attend this meeting as well. And so I think here in Portland, you can imagine what they looked like, people with all kinds of different color hair, uh, wearing a kilt maybe, or just kind of like, you know, just really eclectic people. Um, most of them were former church members or former Christians, atheists, skeptics, a couple members of the LGBTQ community, just in general. And the idea was to give them a platform. I think they literally put like four or five people on stage in front of a couple hundred pastors and just asked them questions. Like, what are your thoughts about Christianity? Who do you think we are? What are you looking for in church? What, like, and it was, I was amazed to hear this because I'm guessing like, man, if they're in Portland, what kind of stories are they going to be hearing? And I'm sure it's gonna be something very different than what they're used to. And it was my first exposure to this concept of a listening project, which is actually something that, uh, according to the whole growing young, growing together concept is, it's really foundational piece. Um, it, it helps us to get to know where our people are at, what they're thinking. And I'm curious, uh, I know that you've done this a handful of times at local churches, um, what you've seen the impact of listening projects being? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, there's there's several different kind of listening projects that we've experimented in churches because each church has its own unique culture. Um, and I would say that the, the best way that I've seen it happen is when the church leadership is trying to engage uh, with them intentionally, um, whether that's um, putting on some kind of social or some kind of party, depending on the context. Uh, there was this one church in Jacksonville that that created an atmosphere of, hey, we're wanting to get together to listen to you, but also want to have fun with you. And so they were expecting 15, 20 young people, and uh, 50 people, 50 young people showed up. And so they were kind of excited about that, and they started just asking the questions, you know, where they started forming like small groups, like there was a leader for every three or four, sometimes it was one-on-one, and just asking them questions, you know, what they thought about the church, um, where they felt the church was going to go in a few years from now, those kinds of questions, and they started just listening to their thoughts concerning what was happening in the church. I think that's, that's kind of crazy, the idea that you'd have 50 young people in a church for an event. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that this wasn't the standard for this local church. Why do you think that they had such a huge turnout for a listening type of project? Well, one of the things that I had uh, told them that they should do is try give them some kind of incentive. And the incentive was like, you know, the gift card or something like that. Um, but they weren't comfortable with doing something like that. So what they... <laughs> So what they did is said, hey, we want to listen from you, but we also want to hang out with you and play some games. And so they said they brought in the games. The young, some of the young people told them what kind of games they wanted to play. And they just literally, it was, you know, older leaders of the church hanging out with younger kids, you know, teenagers and some young adults from the church. And it was, it was a unique experience for them yeah. um, because they thought, you know, why would young people want to hang out with older people? Uh, but through that experience, they, they learned a lot, not just asking the questions and hearing from them, 
but actually that you know that generation wants to do this. They want to hang out and 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 speak and share with uh, older generation. That's pretty cool. When when you say games, were they like video games, board games? Uh, what was it like? Board games. There were board games and there were card games. Actually, we used some of the questions that uh that Humans Adventism they oh, have nice. on their website. And mm-hmm. so they use those kinds of questions to ask one another to find out more about their lives. Some personal questions, then they got more into the, you know, how can we, you know, make our church better type questions. Hmm. In my experience, talking to young people about what could we as a church be doing better? or What do you wish your church was doing? Um, it takes thick skin to engage in that conversation. Uh, I know that for me, when I was on the other side of those conversations, as I've been the young person asked those kinds of questions, uh, what generally has risen to the surface first for me, unfortunately, uh, has been frustrations. I, I don't know. Is that Do you see that as a common theme uh, when you do listening projects? Uh, yes. Uh, and I think that probably one of the best things that, that we've done here is to sit down with the church beforehand, you know? And let them know what to expect from what something like this looks like. You know, what to expect in this transition that they want to make from, you know, growing old to growing young. And so I think that conversation that needs to happen beforehand um, helps them deal with that kind of frustration. We we do do another thing that um, on Sabbath afternoons, if I go to a certain church and I, I share with them about the growing young and then... In the afternoon, we invite the whole church, young people, teenagers, kids, families, whoever wants to come in the afternoon to share, have a conversation. We go over the growing young concepts, but then we we literally have a conversation and wanted to hear from one another. Mm. Um, and those conversations where it hasn't been really set up beforehand with the leaders, those tend to be a little bit more frustrating. Mm. Uh, there'll be some people that question um, more our agenda or what's going to happen in the church there's there's more questions of well how about the how about us older people who's going to take care of us if we're prioritizing young people but then what's very powerful what i've seen happen is that when the young people start speaking up in those meetings and they start sharing about their own personal frustrations with what they've seen in their church there there tends to be a a difference attitude start taking place in and I've even noticed at times when we share the importance of how young people are leaving, how young people are not being a part of this community, um, and they see it themselves, the leaders, they say, yeah, you know, we used to have some or, you know, we only had a handful and they left already and stuff like that. Or maybe it's their own kids or grandkids. I've seen this turn in their hearts and in their minds when the young people that are there start talking uh, or it's been very powerful. Like even they, the older people, they start crying and they start like saying sorry. And it's like, it's very oh, wow. spirit led. It's very spirit led. Like, like it's not like set up unless God just, you know, starts moving and it's, it's powerful. Wow. Uh, I'm really curious to see if you've recognized any trends as to what young people are sharing when, when given a, an open forum and an open dialogue here. But before, before we talk about that, you're talking about the importance of prepping your church before this and how that's made a dramatic difference in how your church responds. 
Um, other than just preparing, hey, you know, we're going to do this thing. This is why you're probably going to hear some hard things to say that are, you know, they're, they're going to be saying, is there, is there something beyond that, something deeper than that, that you're really trying to emphasize? What do you see as important prep work for these listening events? Um, and what has been most successful? Well, one of the main things that the leaders, especially if they're older leaders have, is that they're just, they're scared. You know, they don't want to hear you know, that the things that have been done in the past, you know, are no longer working or things that they're doing in the present are no longer working because they're doing what's done in the past. Uh, but and so and so they're afraid, you know, that's probably their main thing. And so we have to kind of like talk about that and, and mm. start being start being honest in that prep work, start being honest with how. How are you wanting to see your church change? You know, how are you wanting to see uh, young people get more engaged? How do you want to see your, your church not die? Because mm. some of these churches are literally in that spectrum of if we don't do something 10 years from now, we will either literally die or or the churches have, have to close its doors. And so those are the tough questions that you have to have with everyone with no judgment, like not saying, hey, you know, you guys stink, you guys are terrible. And, mm. and I think also uh, changing the conversation and, and, and making it very important to understand that this is something that we're doing together. If we want to grow young, we want to grow together. We can't grow separately. It can't be a youth program. It can't be a young adult program. It has to be something that everyone understands. This is a collective program with every generation working together. And that sort of starts, you know, softening hearts and, and starts prepping the mind to, you know what, this is something that we need to do. This is something that we believe God wants us to do. And, and we can do it together. They're not just putting me off or, or putting me or like, you know, putting me to the side and not caring about me. Hmm. Um, it's something that I have to also understand that God wants me to mentor, disciple the next generation, you know, that kind of conversation where it's bigger than just programming, it's, it's relationships that are involved and, and, and making sure that we focus on, we need to listen mm -hmm. to one another. Yeah. You know, whether it's young people talking, we need to listen to one another. Hmm. Hmm. That's super good. So you're, you're, you're doing some prep work on the older generations or seasoned vets uh, side of things. Are you doing similar prep work for the young people or you're more or less just like give them free reign, don't prep them at all. Is there, is there a similar process on the other side? There isn't on the other side, except for the fact that when we have, for example, the Sabbath afternoon conversation where the whole church is there, I do speak to them um, because most of the leaders that we do prep work with are not young. So if there were young leaders there, then it'd be different, right? Right. But since there are no, but those, but those Sabbath afternoon conversations um, we do tell the young people that are there, you know, that it's important for them to understand that they need to be open to the frustrations that the seasoned vets, you know, have concerning their attitude sometimes. You know, some, some words that creep up sometimes in our conversations is, you know, them being lazy, them always being on their phone. You know, those conversations creep up on Sabbath afternoon, like in front of everybody. Ooh. So it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit tense. Um, but, um, but sometimes we also have advocates, mm. not, not me advocating for young people, but people in the church, you know, criticizing their own church and advocating mm. for the young people. 
So that kind of boosts them up a little bit, but also just to help them understand that uh, what happens is that even though we're looking for seasoned vets or older people to mentor the younger generation, what takes place is that there's reverse mentoring hmm. uh, many times. And so we talk about that. We talk about how when that relationship is formed, the younger people are actually going to be also mentoring the older people on whether it be, you know, simple stuff like social media or nutrients or their language, just speaking the same language. And, and that happens. Uh, I've seen it happen in, in churches where these, for example, an 83-year-old um, from one of our churches um, started learning from a 15-year-old and their conversations when it came to uh, knowing about Instagram and, and those types of things. It just, it's a very cool thing that can happen. Hmm. That's awesome. That's super cool to hear. Um, now, you've done these listening projects in a multitude of churches and in different iterations, but having a, kind of an overview over all of these different things, have, what kind of trends have you seen? What are young people, generally speaking, echoing no matter where you go? Uh, echoing concerning their their frustration or echoing yeah. in the yeah, sense of... Yeah, when just of, given oh, the opportunity to share their thoughts about the future of the church or why they attend or why they aren't attending, these kinds of ideas, what, what are you seeing? So it is different in different places, and it also depends on the culture. In Florida, we have multi-cultures, you know, Haitians, Hispanics, and so on. And so it does depend on the church. However, you know, the ones that always come to the top and that are talked about and that create some... Uh, very interesting conversations are those of like hypocrisy, you know, and mm. those of like we we don't we don't have we don't have any word like when what happens in the church. We're just you know you you ask us to do a children's story maybe maybe like a youth Sabbath. Some of us will preach or a scripture reading, but other than that, you don't want us for anything else. You know mm. that kind of stuff comes up like you know you're not using. Uh, me in this church, you know, you don't care about our wants, our our desires. Um, those conversations come up, and then you know, always the that transparent. Uh, someone will talk about being transparent and being real, as opposed to being having that church facade uh, on a Sabbath morning. And so, um, those kinds of things uh, come up, and we talk about it and get through them. And, and share with one another. And, and also, of course, you know, uh, worship service comes up uh, quite a bit. Um, they're wanting to have a different style of worship, whether it be more contemporary or whatever it is. And those conversations, those things come up. But we try not to focus on that because we always know that if we go there, depending on the church, it can get crazy. Yeah, so, no um, so we try to stay away from that and, and understand that. And, and I think it's important that when we speak to the to the adults that they understand we're not we're not here to want to change your worship service because that's the that's the main thing they they mm. they lean on but as we have young people become leaders in your church um that that conversation will come up you know mm -hmm. and, and and not just music but and everything when it when it entails worship so with what you're saying i'm i'm gonna guess that you don't just need like one listening project like this isn't the silver bullet that fixes everything and in that one hour meeting all the problems are going to be solved but it's probably a longer more consistent drawn out experience that takes takes a little bit of a, a commitment to right you were talking about like how we even need to have someone taking notes because out of all the things that are going to be shared 
Like you want to be able to act on some of these things over time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, um, some churches plan for multiple times of gathering together already in their in their calendar. You know, they'll be like, okay, we're going to meet January. We'll meet a month from now on a monthly cycle or two, every two months. Um, because, first of all, they want to get the information by taking notes and they want to get mm -hmm. good information. Or sometimes during the first time that you meet, you may not get everything. Or after the young people leave, they'll think, oh, man, I should have shared this or whatever. And so you want to have that multiple time of engagement. But then also, some young people may not make it to the first one. Or the second one. So if you have a multiple one, then you have more engagement. And then you can also look back and say, okay, hey, last time we talked about this, um, we want to maybe hit that more and see if we can um, sort of uh, dissect that more in, the, in what we shared about last time. Or here's a new topic or, or whatever they want to do. But I would say, I would say, you know, I think it would be good. We haven't gone this far on the journey yet with any church. But if you plan, you know, three at least in the beginning of the journey of the process of listening and then come back to this you know at least once or twice a year that probably be the best thing for churches as they move forward hmm. awesome uh so starting with a listening project with uh, a genuine desire to hear what other people are saying you got to prep both sides of the equation so that way people go in with the right expectations and maybe even the right spirit um, next week, we're going to actually ha bring you back on, Juan, if you don't mind. Uh, and I'd like to talk about what does it look like actually putting this into practice uh, as far as the suggestions that come. How do we know where we should start first? Uh, maybe is this fish a little too big for us at this point? Or, you know, we're going to be talking about a little concept that uh, we call experimenting on the margins. But uh, for now, Juan, thank you so much for sharing your experience, your expertise. I appreciate it very much, man. Thank you, brother. Take care. God bless. You too.